1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the best friends forever, best friends forever.
0: Fantasy, best friends forever. Doo 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 Oh, this is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, here at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, alongside Frankie Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, bud?
2: A, hey, what's happening? Happy Tuesday to you. Lots to talk about here, Greggy. Not a ton to recap from last night. We'll still get into it, but still lots to talk about. Lots For talk about. of. For all that. How'd you sleep last night, bud?
0: Slept great, man.
2: Slept great. Got a beers great. in the system.
0: You know, it wasn't even the beers in the system. It was just... Not having to have the alarm for as early as it normally is, knowing that, awesome. Awesome feeling. Just got the extra hour today. I'm happy for you, kid. Yeah, man. I'm happy for you. Great night last night.
2: Fun night. Fun night for sure.
0: Frank was drinking IPAs. Like, what is going on?
2: That is not true. Not even close <laughs> to true. We went out yesterday. Of course, Greg was drinking IPAs. Uh, a Gushers IPA? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: not just Greg, but Greg and Judy and Kinga. We're well, all drinking IPAs,
2: Except me. <laughs> Except Frank. I drank some Pilsner uh, toasted marshmallow something or other. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you like it. Tasted really good. Hug I out e- enjoyed it.
0: I hung out guy EY last night uh, at a brewery in Brooklyn.
2: Shout out to Eric Young, our guy.
0: And it was, it was great hanging out. It was great catching up. um I had some great conversation. It was great. I had an absolute blast. Came home and, you know, watched the national championship game. Judy immediately went to bed.
2: I'm like, you want to bed already? She's like... I'm tired. Basically the same. My house. You can go straight to bed. All right, I'll watch the end of this game. Watch a little bit of the Angels and the Brewers. I did not watch that. That was it?
0: I watched... um,
2: That was the night, Greg.
0: I watched the National Championship game. Did
2: you get a Monday Night Raw recap? Uh,
0: Fast-forwarded through Monday Night Raw. Seemed really boring.
2: No. So Raw after Mania, not great. I don't think
0: it's a thing anymore. I really don't.
2: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs>
0: okay.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't watch any Raw. No, I, I, I don't know anything about what happened on Raw. Do you want to spoil anything for you or no? No, it's, go ahead. Sure.
0: All right, so Lars Sullivan debuted. Okay. Sami Zayn came back. Kind of was, kind of was expected. Well, I
2: actually heard that he had a decent match with Finn Balor. It was a good match. Okay. He looks a kind of fat, though. Okay. You think everyone looks fat recently? Sami right. Zayn, Jose Ramirez?
0: Yeah, I do. Come on, Craig. I'm
2: sorry. All right, Next on the show. Ray out here fat shaming. Oh, fat shaming. Yeah, you know. <laughs>
0: Um, so, on the show today, Venture will join us in hour two. A lot of talk about what's going on injury wise. Unfortunately, we'll have Dr. Aaron on Thursday to get some clarity on these guys. Um, but Frank wanted to go over some of the guys that have gotten uh, a little bit unlucky over the first two weeks of the season. So, we'll break that down. We'll break into some of the stuff from last night and, and kind of just tell everybody where our heads at. I think that's kind of the plan for today, right?
2: That's absolutely right, Greg. And I, f- I feel like there's some kind of correlation between my back injury and the rest of the MLB's back injury. Seems unlikely. Yeah, I, I think my body might be acting as some kind of voodoo doll uh-huh. or for for ba- MLB back injuries because I had a back injury flare up on me about a month ago, maybe two months ago, playing basketball. Same thing happened to Clayton Kershaw. I wake up today, back's not feeling right. Turns out Mike Clevenger placed on the IL. All right, well, we're hoping, okay, short stint, right? Mike Clevenger, been great so far. He, le- he left the start the other day. We didn't know what it was for. We thought maybe it was a blister or something. Turns out it's a back injury. Goes on the IL. We're hoping it's a short stint. It is not, Greg. It is absolutely the worst thing that could have—maybe not the worst, but one of the worst things that could have happened. Six yeah. to eight weeks before Mike Clevenger can pick up a baseball. So in
0: my home league, I, I texted my buddy this morning. And I hey man, like I'm sorry about Clev, but I wasn't even trying to like be a dick, and I wasn't trying to um like try to start trading anything. I was just like, oh man, it sucks. You know, it, it's really all it was. I, it's not worst case scenario. Like uh, you, you haven't you, seen the you, update. You, you <laughs> didn't see the update. He goes, what? I told him. And he got the capital WTF. And he's like, I'm just starting to feel good about my team, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. Like, that's, that's brutal. And it's the worst when it comes out of nowhere like that, I think. Like, with David Dahl, we waited all day yesterday. We'll get to Dahl in a second. But I think that... When it comes to Clev, he's like, yeah, I'll make my next start. Then he goes to the DL. You're like, all right, I'll miss a start. No big deal. And then, boom, out for the next two months at least. You're like, oh, my God. This is ridiculous.
2: And a lot of people left Clevenger in their lineups because they thought he was going to be good to go this week. Every, every indication that we saw was Clevenger's going to be able to make his next start. That's why I don't understand, Greg. These reports are very misleading. We go from Clevenger is likely to make his next start, even him talking about it, to Six to eight weeks before he touches a baseball? So, I don't know. Maybe it's because he had an MRI and there was something that got revealed with the back injury. But it's pretty crazy to me that after that game where he left, it seems like all indications are he's good to go for this week. And then out of nowhere, it's six to eight weeks before he even touches a baseball. And again, it sucks because he's been wiped out to this point to start the season. Um, so, we'll see what happens in the, uh, in the Cleveland Indians rotation. They're going to have a spot to fill. Uh, but, yeah, this is, this is uh, huge news. And, um, you know, fortunately, I don't have any shares of my Clevenger. So, it sucks for everyone else. And
0: I asked you that this morning. I was like, Frank, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, we don't have any Clev, right? And he's like, no, we, we don't. I know we tried to get Clev, and we wound up, I, I overspent for Wheeler, and we, I messed up. And,
2: again, Wheeler sucks. At least Wheeler sucks. But at least
0: he's pitching this week. Brutal injury for the Mike Clevenger owners. What do you do? If you're Mike Clevenger owner, what do you do?
2: Well, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine who had Clevenger in his lineup, and apparently there are still certain websites where if they, don't, if they haven't played yet, you can get him out of your okay. lineup and right. put someone else in who also hasn't played yet. So he takes Clevenger out for Zach Godley uh, for just this week. I know the Indians play at, I believe, 1 p.m. today, Greg. So if that's possible, try and get him on your lineup. Get him, uh, get him out of your lineup. Put him on your IR. And then you're going to have an open roster spot and try and pick up one of these starting pitchers. Look, there, there's no shortage of starting pitcher ads right now, Greg. We've talked about a, a ton of these guys. Montas, Yanni Turinos, any of the Marlins starting pitchers, Corbin Burns. So there's players out there, fortunately, you know, if you if you lost Clevenger, but they're, they're not going to pitch to the same level. We know that. But there is a lot of starting pitcher ads right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's guys out there and it's early up in the season where we haven't exactly seen everything kind of develop, so you may wind up landing on a star like a Mike Clevenger or like a Shane Bieber from, from a year Zach or two Eflin, ago. Who's or Zach Eflin, too. who's been fantastic. Absolutely. So there's guys she- that you can land on, and I'm not saying pick up the, the slack of, of Clevenger because he's been awesome through two starts. You, you were expecting him to be potentially a number two starting pitcher. Like, I get it. I get it. That, that sucks. Are you panicking to go out and getting a trade? Probably not. You know, Martino asked me a, a question a moment ago, and he's like, well, should I try to offer him Shane Bieber? And I go. I understand what you're doing. Like he's an Indian, like next man up type of thing. But you as the Shane Bieber owner, nothing's really changed for you. Nothing's changed for Shane Bieber at all. Like
2: he was in the rotation; he was guaranteed a spot. Yeah, but he was being skipped a few starts when they had like the off days. You know how fifth? Yes. Fifth starter in the We're rotation. Talked about Brad
0: Peacock a little bit.
2: Brad Peacock gets uh, moved to the bullpen, but there are ways that if you're the fifth starting pitcher, sure, they can kind of. Maneuver, finagle it, yeah, 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 so he doesn't have to start all the time. Well, now that's not going to be the case. No, Shane he's the fourth starting pitcher, and he's going to be a part of the rotation, you know, every fifth day. So maybe in that sense, it you know, you have a he's more locked in. Definitely going to be making starts, so they don't mess with that at all. But. Overall, I don't think it really changes much for Shane Bieber either.
0: Yeah, uh, so that's kind of where my head was at. Brutal, brutal news uh, for Mike Clevenger. Speaking of starting pitchers um, and injuries, so yesterday afternoon in my home league, I had three starters going, Frank. There's two games, and I have three starters going in those two games. Blake Snell, who was wonderful, because he's amazing. As as he
2: should be against the White Sox.
0: Still got to do it. Yep, Still got to do it. And he did it. He was marvelous. 11 strikeouts through six innings, because he's ridiculous. Um, and then I had John Lester and Jamie Tyon. I'm like, all right. this Hopefully this will be a low-scoring game. No big deal. And through the first inning, great. Zeros. Love it. Second inning, and I'm up here uh, doing a little work. I turn the game on in the background. Like, all right, okay. Tyon's throwing a lot of pitches, but he's facing the bottom of the order. We'll just get through it, and all good. And then this schmuckhead second baseman. I remember his name. But he's like the worst player I've ever seen in my life.
2: I think it's Jeff Newman?
0: Yeah, that guy. Jeff Newman throws the ball in the stands and Tyon, like, can't get out of it for ground ball after ground ball to bloops to...
2: Jeff Newman basically turned into Greg Sussman on a baseball field. Pretty much. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can you have three errors in one inning? I don't know. I really don't know. Completely just dismantled any possibility... Of Jameson Tyon having a decent day a joke. gives up six
0: runs, all unearned. So it was three errors in this inning by Newman, and like it just kept getting worse for Tyon in this inning, right? Like he and, wh- al- and worse it did. He allows a bloop to Lester. I'll get to that in a second. And then Tyon, of course, Anthony Rizzo hits him in the head. He gets his glove out, and grazes his glove, and hits him in the head.
2: Looks now like t- looks like Jameson Tyon's. It already. looks
0: like he was okay. Finished the inning. Then got pitched hit for at the bottom of the inning, and I was like, um. Oh, this is ridiculous. So that was Jamison Tyon. So then, with two outs, somebody hits a single on the Cubs. Maybe Baez. or Baez. No, Javier Baez. No, it wasn't Baez. Stupid it wasn't Baez. Single that was just ground. stupid. No, that was, it was before that. Well, it was actually
2: Baez. really cool. But it was it's, ridiculous. It's, it's so Tyon, you a Tyon
0: threw over. a ball that bounced before home plate that Javier Baez lunged for, basically drops the bat. It hits the barrel on the he bat.
2: Was not legally allowed to do that? He basically just flung his bat at it.
0: Vladimir Guerrero style.
2: let go of Vladimir his Vladimir Guerrero he style. got a hit out of it.
0: And He got a hit out of it. An RBI hit.
2: It was pretty sick. Not sick for Jameson Tyone owners.
0: But before that, who bats before him? Chris Bryant bats before him, right? Anthony Rizzo. Right
2: before that. Probably the line drive off. It wasn't Chris Chris Rizzo Bryant I'm talking second.
0: about. It's Chris second. Bryant, right? Second. So Chris <laughs> Bryant, before that, he hits a single, and... Maybe it wasn't Brian. Was it Almora leading off yesterday? Ben Zobrist. Ben Zobrist. It was, that's exactly what it was. So Zobrist hits a single. Runner comes around from third, obviously scores. This schmuckhead third base coach waves John Lester around. And Lester basically walks into third base. Literally just like pitcher style. Just raise the camera. All he does, he gets to third base. And the headless Greggy. we're going to raise the camera. Raise the camera. There we go. Thank you. Keep going. Keep going. I'm starting there. The Hello. So he just takes it, and Lester goes like this in the third base. Stops. Oh, the guy, the third base coach, waves him around. And Lester's like, oh, crap. So he starts sprinting home, makes it safely, has to slide in, and you see him barely get up. He's like me, like on the ground, and it's just like,
3: oh,
0: oh, oh. This is what happens. And he starts walking off like this. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you forcing John Lester to rush home when this guy's not known for his speed? This guy is not known for his ability to run the base paths? What are you doing? Next thing you know, Lester, grimacing, comes back out, Allows back-to-back singles. And then Joe Madden comes and takes him out of the game. With a left hamstring strain. Which wasn't a very mild left hamstring strain because he needs an MRI today on it.
2: And he now lost his double start too because of it. He will miss at least his next scheduled start and perhaps more.
0: Lester's going on the DL because it's another base-running mistake, and I can't even blame Lester for it because it's the idiot third-base coach that sends him home.
2: Would you like to know who you can blame? That would be Brian Jennings Butterfield.
0: I hate Brian Butterfield. I hated him when he was the Red Sox third-base coach. I hated him when he was the Royals third-base coach. Brian Butterfield, why are you sending home a pitcher? It's not even like it's one of these like young and in-shape guys, right? Yeah, not even close. Right, right. So if you're sending home like... um. Chris Paddock. Like Chris Paddock, Chris Archer, something like that. Like, these guys are going to run, right? Like, these guys are going to run. Even CeCe, like, he'd rumble and tumble. He, he'd run. John Lester, 35 years old, has no business running. None. You're not wrong. Like, if the – and we know Joe Madden likes to use his pitchers in weird situations. We've seen that in the past. A bunch of, Tony LaRusso always did that. You know who one pitcher is that he's not going to pitch run? John Lester! Like, what? Are you kidding me? Kyle Hendricks, we've seen him pinch running games before. We've seen guys in the bullpen come out and pinch run. You never pinch running John Lester! Ever! And now, you got him hurt!
2: Now you have an excuse to drop him, Greg. But he was pitching well! The first two starts were good! Yeah, you needed another good one so you could sell him high. Exactly!
0: So, Not I had three pitchers start yesterday at 2 10. Two of them didn't make it to 3 o'clock.
2: You got 10 total innings pitched from your three starting pitchers, and six of those came from Blake Snell.
0: You know what the craziest part was? The only person allowed a run was Blake Snell. Earned run. Earned run. All six of tie ons was unearned. Lester didn't allow a run.
2: It was ridiculous. How about this from Ryan Spader on Twitter, the ace of Spader. Jameson Tyone is the first Pirates pitcher to allow at least six runs without a single one being earned in a game since Ravello Manzanillo on May 30th, 1994. Thank you, Kevin Newman. Unbelievable. For ruining Jameson Tyone's unbelievable.
0: start. Unbelievable.
2: It was, it was unbelievable.
0: It was ridiculous. That was my night, my afternoon. And I just walk out of here, and then I get... I I had my Twitter up all day and I had another tab of Patrick Saunders' Twitter up all day. Denver Post, Colorado Rockies. Warranted. Right? And I wanna know about Story and I wanna know about Dahl. And then I get downstairs back into the pit and Frank goes, I got good news. I'm like, oh what's up? Trevor Story is in the lineup. Oh that's cool. What about David Dahl? No. He he's not. But the news was hey, lower abdomen injury, he's day to day. I wake up this morning, go to Roto-Wire, expect it to be placed on the I.L. Like, what is going on?
2: Baseball, Greg. Baseball.
0: So I had a decision to make about Frankie Montas. I'm going to tell you that when we come back. Stick around. More BFFs after this.
3: The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. 5 people every hour. 1 person every 12 minutes. That's 866-484-9621. The morning after. When I lived in Vegas, I actually became like an old person with the early birds and stuff like that. And my girlfriend at
1: the time, like, didn't like it. She said, tell her, listen, we got to go eat now. She's like, it's five o'clock. I'm like, that's when the deal is at the buffet from five to six. So it's like, like, why would we pay double, like, when we could go now, right? And she goes, nobody eats dinner at five o'clock. I'm like, we do. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
0: back Here on the fantasy best friends forever fantasy sports radio network, Frank Snapple, Greg Sussman, Venture will join us in about 40 minutes. So, in my home league, you get four moves per week, as everybody knows. I've talked about that this a lot, right? So, last week, I really wanted to pick up Frankie Montas for this week. He faced Baltimore on Wednesday, be a double start next week. I really wanted Montas. We talked a lot about him. The Venture was super high on him, and you really liked Frankie Montas, too. You were buying in, so I wanted him. But I really didn't know who to drop. Like I asked you a bunch of names. And you're like, I, I don't think you could do that. So the last thing that I asked you on Sunday afternoon was Brad Peacock. And you're like, you know what? I'd rather hold on to Peacock. You would say you'd drop Aaron Sanchez, but I was like, oh, I had Aaron Sanchez. I didn't really want to drop him. He's pitched well, well, too well for me to drop. I don't want to necessarily start him at Boston, but I think he's pitched too well for me to start, to drop. So then we get to yesterday with John Lester, Jameson Tyon, and David Dahl. Three guys that could go on the DL. It looks like Tyon would be fine. But Lester and Dahl could both go on the DL. And Montas, I made it through, Frank. I made it through the Monday morning, like, waiver run where everybody kind of has pickups again and they all pick up these guys. I made it through that with Montas still out there. In the back of my head, I go, well, I have to get him before Tuesday because then everybody knows he's pitches tomorrow because he's got the green check mark next mm-hmm. to his name, right? Everybody's going to know he's pitching tomorrow. So I have to make sure I pick him up. I didn't want to drop anybody because I knew Lester could go to the IL. I knew that Dahl could go to the IL. And rather than drop anybody, I wanted to save the roster spot. So I'm anxiously refreshing Patrick Saunders and the Chicago writers. Nothing. Nothing. So then we get the news about Brad Peacock, which is what I want to get into. It was announced that Brad Peacock, according to AJ Hinch, will go to the bullpen for the next two weeks, returning on the rotation on April twenty third, because as Frank mentioned, when it came to switch to skipping fifth starters, that's exactly what Houston's going to do with Peacock. He's had success out of the bullpen, and he will go back into the bullpen before starting again on April twenty third. That's the plan as of now. But Frankie plans do tend to change. And if Peacock is very successful or they have some injury to the bullpen, maybe he doesn't get out of the bullpen on April 23rd. Maybe they instead go to Josh James. There's a lot of different scenarios that could happen. As of now, he's scheduled to start on April 23rd. You are a Brad Peacock owner. I'm a Brad Peacock owner. What do we do?
2: Actually, I am not a Brad Peacock owner. I thought about picking him up in a few locations, but I think this kind of comes with the territory of the back end of the Houston Astros pitching staff. Maybe not so much with Wade Miley, but there's still a chance that at some point this year, Colin McHugh, something similar like this could happen to him. But again, what we mentioned when we were talking about Bieber and why he was skipped the first time through for the Cleveland Indians is the way that the schedule is set up early on in the season – teams kind of have this luxury where they can skip their fifth starters uh, based on the way that the schedule is set up. So uh, that that looks to be the case for Brad Peacock, but I don't disagree with you. If he performs well in the bullpen and maybe they use him in a multi-inning role and they really like what they see, there's definitely a chance that he sticks and maybe Josh James gets back in there or this opens up something down the line for Forrest Whitley. I'm not going to overreact, but if you play in a 12-team league and there's starting pitchers out there right now that can help you like a Frankie Montas who you want to pick up in a good matchup, or any of the Tigers guys who are going up against the Indians, like Turnbull or Matt Boyd, and you wanted to drop Brad Peacock, I can't really knock you for doing that, Greg.
0: Yeah, and it's not even about... Um, it's not even about the matchup for Frankie Montas, right? Like, you like you like him
2: going forward. He's, he's had a strikeout per inning pitched. He's pitched 11 innings. He has 11 strikeouts.
0: And that was why I picked him up, because of things like that. Now... Spencer Turnbull's available. That's interesting.
2: Oh, the bull. Remember when you made fun of me for the bowl? I loved it. It was great. <laughs> might have to pick up the might have to pick up the bull? We got another we have another uh, nice name. Like Spencer Turnbull's a cool name. Yeah. yeah. we got Richard Lovelady coming up. The Love City. The, the Lovelady. The Love Lady. I like that. Richard Lovelady getting called up by the Kansas City Royals. He is a left handed reliever, and there's some people speculating on the fantasy Twitter right now that He could factor into the late innings of the Kansas City Royals bullpen, Greg. You had a rant for us last week regarding the Orioles bullpen. Do you have a rant regarding the Royals bullpen? Well, you could just take They're very similar. You could just take whatever rant. They're a very bad team, and they have like five people who could potentially save games.
0: You could just take my rant from last week (laughs) and replace all the names of the Orioles with names of Royals. It's the same thing. Same concept. Um, I'm not going to go into it again.
2: Richard Lovelady, just looking at his minor league numbers, though, has pitched very well. Uh, You know, he's made um, 111 appearances. 167 innings pitched. He's basically just been a reliever in the minors. He has 28 career saves in the minor leagues. Uh, he has 180 career strikeouts and 167 and a third innings pitched. So just about over a strikeout per inning. Really good WHIP under one. Maybe he factors into the uh, the back end of the Royals bullpen. But again, the Royals aren't going to win a lot of games. There's a lot of names there. So I think he's kind of just like a scout list guy for deeper leagues as of now. Great.
0: Uh, quickly, I will, cool name. Uh, finish my story now.
2: Right. Thank you. What else do you got?
0: So, I needed to make the move, like I said, on Monday before everyone realized that Montas is starting Wednesday, but nobody went on the DL, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited. And literally this morning, because my alarm doesn't go off at the normal time, I wake up early, and I was like, oh, crap, I didn't pick them up last night, because I really wanted someone to go on the IL. It doesn't happen. I'm like, I gotta do it. So, I wound up dropping Brad Peacock for Frankie Montas, and of course... Literally just read during the break that David Dahl has officially hit the IL about six hours too late. Now i have an empty roster spot and
2: you can pick up someone else. I can pick up someone else. Who are you going to pick up, Greg? Who are you looking at?
0: So I don't know if I should pick up like Ram Altafia to literally literally replace David Dahl, which is fine. Or I pick up the bull. Spencer Turnbull? Might pick up the bull.
2: Yeah, it's a close call. I guess it just depends on what you need what you more. Need, Do you yeah. need that extra hitter that you want to cycle into your, uh, your daily lineup? Probably, probably not. Um, Rumble has some upside, though. I, probably not. Like, I, I, I had two
0: bench hitters, now, so I'll have one. I'm okay with that. Trey Mancini's been so hot. We'll get back to him when we go over the games from last night. Um, so I'm okay. I'm okay. So pick up the ball. I think I'm going to lean on picking up the ball. Uh, and has not been placed on the aisle yet, so I can't.
2: Pick up the ball. Uh, but this is the
0: problem, by the way. If Lester hits the, DL, uh, the IL, as I kind of expect, Dal on the IL, it's April 9th. You've had this issue with your IL players. You talked about it. Losing Stanton and, and so Duhar many. and so many. You have like so five many. or They're six many. guys you did. They're team. taking up my
2: actual bench spots. Because no. I only have two IL spots.
0: Correct. Same. And much like you, you drafted Gregory the Polanco. I drafted Shohei Otani in this keeper league.
2: I have, in one league, I have Otani... Daniel Murphy and Duhar all on, on the IL and then my other home league I have Polanco and it's a keeper league and I don't want to drop him. And I also have Stanton and I have Murphy and I have David Dahl. Yep. And I feel like I can't drop them. And that's exactly where I am. If it comes to well. the point, Greg, where it's actually affecting my starting lineup, then I'm gonna have no choice than to probably drop Gregory Polanco. He would be the first one to go. But because it's a keeper league and you know I drafted him so late, this is something we consciously talked about. That in keeper leagues, these are some of the guys that are hurt. And well, I also have DD stashed in one of these leagues. Uh, that's what we were looking at. That's something that we were looking at doing because um, people kind of forget about them later on in drafts, and then they have a good keeper value for the next year, so uh, that's why we stash these injured players.
0: Yeah, it, wor- it, it works in theory, but on April 9th... Until so
2: everyone gets hurt on, on April
0: 9th. On April 9th, when you have five guys legitimately on the DL, I'm about to have three guys legitimately on the DL. IL, Sorry. What are you going to do? And you put you in a very, very tough bind. Now, if you, you know, can, you can afford to have one guy that's permanently on your bench, is on the injured list. Like, that's fine. Like, you having Stanton's okay. He should be back soon enough, maybe. But to have multiple guys, it's starting to affect your starting lineup and starting to affect your ability to make moves. I actually think, Frank, it's even worse in daily leagues. It's like a weekly leagues, your lineup's your lineup. Mm-hmm. You're gonna start definitely
2: le- worse than daily. League. You're gonna start
0: your starters. You're gonna start your hitters, and that's it. In daily leagues, I can't move people in and out. Like on a Thursday when there's only three teams or three games, rather, I'm losing my ability to be able to pick up a hitter or pick up a spot starter. I can't do that, and it's crushing.
2: Yeah, and that's An a, issue. and that's a good point uh, because we have a league together that was a daily league last year. It's a 15 team roto. Now it's a weekly league, and we're stashing Jesus Lozardo. And we can't put him on the IL because he's in the minor league IL. And, you know, we don't have minor league spots in this league. So we're stashing Jesus Luzardo, which makes it easier to do in a weekly league. Because, again, you don't necessarily need your bench spots as much. Uh, But if it were a daily league, we would not have Jesus Luzardo on our team.
0: You know, it's interesting that you bring up Luzardo because he's in my NA spot in another league. And I was like, I haven't heard anything on Luzardo, like... We'll get to Luis Severino. We have a lot to get to now. I think I'm on it. We'll get to Luis Severino. and In just one second. But, and this
2: Chris Sale, whether this is like a real thing or a fugazi. All right.
0: So when it came to Severino, you heard that he was throwing on flat ground, and you heard all these updates. I don't know if it was because of New York or not, but you heard all these updates, and then it was like, well, he needs another MRI because something's not right. And you're just like, oh, crap. So once I heard that, I'm like, let me look at what's going on with Jesus Lazardo. Because it was a strained rotator cuff. Oh, God. Let me see what's going on with Lazardo. Nothing.
2: Nothing. I can't. It's, a, I, it's I, a lot harder to get updates on minor league players as opposed to... What is like, a top prospect Vista like that? ...who's a top 10 pitcher in baseball grade. True. Sure. What? It's a little bit harder to find. Uh-oh. What do we got, Craig? What happened?
0: You know, you're not going to be happy about some of it. Oh, no. So, the suspensions were handed down.
2: Oh, Chris Archer got suspended?
0: Five games. This is one, one start. This is one star. I mean, he'll appeal it. He'll appeal it. Hopefully, he can still pitch su- on
2: Sunday over the weekend because I got him locked into at least one lineup. Well,
0: you're not going to like where I tell you Yasiel Puig was suspended for two games in a five game week, and he is not appealing.
2: Well, that's why we told people yesterday to bench that's him. That's why we exactly we
0: did. It was very tough.
2: Righty, little. Sometimes you got to give yourself a pat on the that back. Was there, really? That was a good one.
0: That was a good one.
2: Told people not to use him.
0: I assume Archer will make his next start, and then drop the appeal, right? Maybe.
2: Uh, I don't know. He's appealing right now?
0: So he's is subject to appeal. It looks like, I assume that means he's going yeah. to appeal. If he
2: appeals, it'll happen within the next day or two, and we'll know by then whether or not they're going to reduce it or whatever. Hopefully he can still make a start over the weekend. That's really all I want because to Because they're already locked into for the week. So if you play in a weekly lineup league, uh, this is probably something we should have gone over yesterday, but I didn't necessarily think Chris Archer would...
0: He didn't do anything wrong! He's kitchen Showboat. They were behind him and hit him. <laughs>
2: I love that we choose sides of uh, where <laughs> we stand based on whether or not they're on our fantasy obviously. team. Not whether it's, like, right or wrong, because obviously Derek Dietrich isn't on anyone's fantasy team. Unless maybe you are in an NL only, but... Still a douche move from Derek Dietrich. Not a fan. So I
0: saw that um,
2: somebody was tweeting it out. It was definitely a douche move from Derek Dietrich.
0: But I'm that- all right with bat flips and stuff
2: and having fun, but... I just don't understand staring at a ball for 10 seconds when you're under a scrub.
0: But they showed, so they showed that, obviously, it was bad. And they showed, like, the inning before, like, Archer striking somebody out and then doing the Archer strut. Or the Archer skip.
2: All right, show us the Archer skip, Greggy. Here we go. Greg, very animated today. Archer does do a lot of things, which I guess can uh, frustrate hitters. So, maybe that's why Derek Dietrich uh, kind of showed him up. I percent. that said Derek 100%. Dietrich- Derek Dietrich struggled mightily in his career against Archer heading into that at-bat. I think he was like 0 for 5 with 4 strikeouts or something. Is that mightily?
0: He's 5 at-bats.
2: So oh, I finally, got, I finally got him. I finally got Chris Archer. Let me, crazy. let me show him up now. Still not cool. Oh my god.
0: Um, let's get to Luis Severino. Yep. So Severino has been throwing a flat ground. The big question we had coming into draft season was Clayton Kershaw... Luis Severino. At FSTA, um, at FSTA, at NFBC. Brad Ziegler said, I'm 100% drafting Luis Severino ahead of Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw is declining. He's got the back injury. It'll recur. Severino will take his rest and be fine. Maybe that'll ultimately be true right now, not looking great, as Kershaw has his last rehab start tonight, expected to make the start for the Dodgers on Sunday. While Severino has been shut down from throwing, could not make it on a mound or have a bullpen or in a simulated game or anything like that. Because instead, he's going back to New York for an MRI to see if the rotator cuff got worse. The scary thing is, in all honesty, Frank, is if it didn't, right? If the MRI shows nothing, what they're going to do is shut him down again for another two to four weeks, before ramping it back up. And it's just the same process over and over and over again, which is very, very scary. And you wonder, you wonder if it's going to become a lost season for Luis Severino.
2: That's what it feels like right now. And personally, I felt like they should have shut him down for longer than they did. I probably wouldn't have had him throwing this early in April. I know they were trying to get him back for early May, but with an injury of this magnitude and obviously to... Uh, the level of talent that Luis Severino is, we 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 constantly bash MLB and 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 teams for babying their players. But this is someone that you actually have to baby. I mean, this is your best starting pitcher. He's a legitimate ace when he's healthy. He's a top ten pitcher in baseball. You need him to be healthy for the long term. And as of right now, it, it's starting to trend like it's going to be a lost season for Severino. I, I don't. You know, we still need more information. We got to find out what's going on. He's going to he's gonna undergo another MRI. We'll see what happens. But like at this point, it wouldn't surprise me if he's not throwing again until the end of April, maybe May. And then at that point, it's if he still needs a rehab assignment, got to make a few starts in the minor leagues. Maybe June we see him, but it is not looking good for Severino right now. I had a few of my Yankee fan, uh, fan friends texting me yesterday saying, it wouldn't be surprised if Dallas Keuchel ends up on this team. I would be surprised. But I don't think Dallas Keuchel is that much better than what the Yankees have right now.
0: You're miserable. This team is like two minutes early here. That's okay. We'll take the, we'll take the early break. Sure. Because when we come back, we have, a nice
2: long we, have, long segment we have a
0: whole lot more baseball to talk about. Um, Four minutes from last night, there's a lot more I want to get into. So stick around. More of your BFFs right after this.
1: Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Scout Fantasy Sports. And if Texas Tech wins, that's the most unheard of story ever because you think of that as a football school.
2: And you saw Pat Mahomes was there cheering them on.
1: Yeah, dude, he looks big. He does. You see his no, guns?
3: Yeah.
1: I was like, oh my god, I thought he was a ski dude. He looked like he ain't something over the over the offseason that uh sucked in like a balloon. Weekdays 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 fantasy football package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting best ball and nfl draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play save 10 percent at rotoexperts.com with the promo code fntsy it's the nfl 365 fantasy football package only at rotoexperts.com join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the fantasy sports network
0: with you, fantasy best friends forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That is Frank Stamble. I am Greg Sussman. Lots to get into that I, I just I keep falling into. You know. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it rocking. Let's keep it rocking rockin and rolling here. And let me get into Hyunjin Ryu. Where just a day ago we had this conversation about who was going to be the Dodger replaced in the rotation. And I said it probably... Hulia Reyes. And I would have been right. Because it was kind of, tea leaves were red, yet you saw Dodgers beat writers. And then, as we mentioned with David Dahl getting hurt, who's always hurt, the same seems to happen for Hyunjin Ryu, who once again got hurt. Last year, this exact injury kept him out like three months. Is it as severe? I don't know. But if you're a Ryu owner, not great, Bob.
2: No, especially the fact that it's something that he's dealt with before, and you mentioned a three-month timetable. And, you know, this is just par for the course when it comes to Hyunjin Ryu. When he's on the field, good, he's awesome. Yeah, He was really, really good last year. And this is why people wanted to draft him and, and Ross Stripling and Kenta Maeda and Julio Urias is quality over quantity, Greggy Last season, only 82 innings. Think about that. 82 innings, that's, that's not much. Like, we have relievers who throw more than 82 innings. He made 15 starts, but had a 1.97 ERA. So I understand why people want him. Let's see what the whip was. 1.01 whip. So mm-hmm. he doesn't walk a lot of guys. He gave you about a strikeout per inning. I understand why people wanted Ryu, but he's always hurt, and he's dealt with this injury in the past. So I worry. I think, you know, we're looking at least a month here for him. So for the time being, Kershaw's going to join back into the rotation. At some point, we will get Rich Hill as well. Maybe that kind of throws a screw into things for Julio Urias. But for the time being, it looks like Urias will be safe and in the Dodgers rotation. Group.
0: So good for you if you held on uh, and you didn't. Um... You
2: drop Ryu? Of all the players who are hurt, is he the most droppable that we've talked about? I think so. I think so, yeah. Would you rather stash Brad Peacock or Ryu? Or
0: cool. neither? I'd rather, well, I'd rather stash Peacock. He's not hurt. Like, Ryu...
2: But he's going to be out two weeks. You don't know how long Ryu's going to be out. So he's
0: going to be out two weeks, but not out-out. Right? Like, he's going to pitch out of the bullpen. He can still help your peripherals. When Brad Peacock burst on the scene a couple of years ago, he was out of the bullpen. True. When him, him and Chris Davinsky dominating. So I'd much I mean, rather drop Ryu than, than Peacock.
2: Yeah, and I think... I think Ryu can still be better than Peacock on a per star basis. You oh, just don't know sure, when the yeah. starts are going to be again. Oh,
0: absolutely agree with that. Yeah, so
2: I'd agree with you. I'd, I'd, I'd be more apt to keep Peacock around.
0: Again, I would want to wait until we get, like, actually confirmation on Ryu, like, a little bit of patience. But I'd be very, very nervous if I was a... a little
2: bit of patience, then you miss out on the bull, you know, Greg? You miss out on the Turnbull. You miss out on Montas. Sure. You don't want to miss out on these guys. You don't. Absolutely not. And
0: it's, it's very, very frustrating, um, obviously, when you do. You were mentioning to me think off the air, that you dropped Corbin Burns for someone, right? Like, Or you
2: tried to? I tried to. Who did you try to What did you try to do? I tried to drop Corbin Burns for Jordan Zimmerman in our pit league, work league here. 14-team head-to-head categories.
0: And you, weren't a, and you weren't able to?
2: I wasn't able to because the Brewers game had started on Sunday. That's why I wanted to do it because it was my third and final pickup of the week. So I wanted to use it. Totally makes up, sense. But... Yahoo has this weird thing where if a player's team starts playing, you can't drop them. There's just too many rules with Yahoo. And maybe you could turn off all these things somehow as a commissioner. I'm not the commissioner. That one, so that one you can't turn off. But it's very frustrating because if Corden Burns isn't pitching, even if his team started. But
0: that's a, so I disagree with that because in... If he's not pitching that day, why can't you drop him? Because technically he can pitch, technically speaking. If it goes 15 innings, he's out of the bullpen. You know
2: what I mean? Gosh. I think it's a fair... Well, you reason. can never drop a pitcher?
0: You can if they're on your bench during, like, before their games start. Or,
2: or during the games. I thought he was on my bench. I could be
0: wrong. You, you could probably look, actually.
2: Yeah, no, he's actually in my lineup. So.
0: That's why. I bet you it would be different if he's on your bench. All right, well... So, and that's actually the same for Yahoo Fantasy Football. If you have, like, some third-string running back who's not getting any carries, you cannot drop him...
2: If he's in your lineup. Yeah, I understand that. You shouldn't be able to drop players. That are active. Like, football players that are playing. But it's, like, it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously, all. But football waiver wire is different than baseball. Baseball, I mean, you're making moves every single day. No, football I...
0: Football is like a once per week. So in football, to... but in football, you, you theoretically can. That's a Yahoo loophole, which I don't need to get into, but you know it. Right? Like, that, you can pick up players who games haven't started yet on a Sunday. So if I have guys on my bench, like a third string running back on my bench that, mm-hmm. that for some reason I own, I can pick up somebody that's playing like the Monday night game. The Yahoo loophole.
2: Yeah, flawed system.
0: Absolutely. But my, my point was that you went to go drop Corbin Burns for, for Jordan Zimmerman really just five or so days after Corbin Burns was arguably your favorite out of a, a long list of pitchers from like the Marlins guys and Montas and Burns. Burns is in there and I believe at some point last week he was your favorite out of these guys. You really were interested in Corbin Burns. Yeah. Why drop him so quickly?
2: It's more so because it's a daily lineup league, and I wanted to get Jordan Zimmerman's two-star week. I'm not just dropping Corbin Burns for the sake of dropping him, but uh, I I was openly in on Jordan Zimmerman's two-star week, uh, and that could potentially blow up in my face as well. Uh, I know Jordan Zimmerman has been not great since he's joined the Tigers, but he's doing things a little bit differently this year. So it's more so that I wanted to make a move for daily transactions than me just wanting to drop Corbin Burns. I would try my best to hold on to Corbin Burns. The strikeouts have been there for him. Uh, The results, outside of that, not necessarily having it in. His first start, he had a 7.2 ERA, a 1.4 whip. His second start, he had a 12.6 ERA and a 1.80 whip. So he has faced the the Cardinals and the Cubs, which are tough lineups, but he's going to face those lineups a lot this year because they play in his division. So I think Corbin Burns has a lot of upside, but in a daily transaction lineup lineup league like this where there's replacement value, I was trying to grab the two-star week for Jordan Zimmerman. You know, anything, if it's a 12-team keeper league or anything deeper than that, normally I would try and hold on to him. I, I still do think he has upside. I'm, I'm not just out on Corbin Burns.
0: Okay. Yep. Fair enough, and that, and that has to do uh, with Corbin Burns. Is there any other news that I'm missing from yesterday? Before we get, I don't want to get into any of the stats yet from yesterday news. You wanted to talk about Chris Sale. That was something you wanted to get into.
2: Yeah, do you think this is real, or is there just kind of making an excuse because his velocity's been down? Because Alex Cora is saying that uh, Chris Sale was dealing with an illness leading into his last start, and that's why his velocity was so down. And maybe it's legitimate because from his first start to his second start, his average fastball velocity dropped like three miles per hour. Right. So maybe that's the case, but uh, I remember last week when we had a uh, Red Sox beat writer on, he told us that this is part of the plan, that they want to slowly ramp up the the Red Sox starting pitchers. Uh, But Velocity was legitimately down, and they're saying it's because of an illness. Are you buying that, Greg?
0: No, not really. (laughs) Because why wouldn't you just say it after the game, right? We had Sean Sean McAdam on last week. We asked about this. He's just like, well, it's it's cold. They're ramping him up. They didn't pitch in the spring, blah, 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 blah. Why wouldn't you just come out the next day and be like, yeah, you know, he was just kind of like battling the flu. He's a little under the weather. He didn't have much strength. He didn't throw his bullpen in between starts. And if you would have heard that, you'd be like, okay, that makes a little more sense. Why are you waiting legitimately five days to be like, well, he didn't make his bullpen in between starts. He was a little under the weather. He was kind of sick.
2: I think they're just trying to calm everyone down. But Why now? Off to the slow start. Like, the Red Sox are taking a lot of heat right now. Their starting pitching has been terrible. So... Maybe Alex Cora is just trying to throw some water on the fire. Okay. Nobody knows if it's true. Look, okay. We're about to find out. Chris Sale is about to start pitching at 1 o'clock, so we'll know right away whether it, was, whether it was true or not.
0: With those 1 o'clock starts, let me give you the lineup uh, for all three afternoon games, if I may. Sure. Uh, for the Indians, Leonis Martín leads off, followed by Jose Ramirez, Jake Bowers, uh, Carlos Santana, Hanley Ramirez, Tyler Naquin, Roberto Perez, Brad Miller, and Eric Stamitz is your lineup against Jordan Zimmerman and the Tigers in Detroit. Josh Harrison leads off for Detroit, followed by Nick Castellanos, Miguel Cabrera, and Nico Goodger batting cleanup. Now, uh, Jamer Candelario, Christian Stewart, Mikey Maddock, Grayson Grinder, and Jordy Mercer. This lineup is awful. Oh my god, both of these both
2: are lineups. Terrible. are
0: not great. Oh, it's awful. Take
2: the under in this game, whatever it is.
0: The uh, two o'clock game is the Boston Red Sox hosting the Toronto Blue Jays. In their, um, this is their home opener with Andrew Benintendi leading off, followed by Mookie Betts, Mitch Moreland, JD Martinez, Xander Bogert, Rafi Devers, and returning to Boston, making the start. Dustin Pedroia. Jackie Bradley batting eighth, Christian Vasquez batting ninth for Toronto. Freddie Galvez. Oh, oh, Freddie Galvez leads off, followed by this is. This is like the worst line I've ever seen. But Hernandez, Brandon Jury batting third, Randall Christian batting fourth, fourth. Danny Jansen, who's been awful batting fifth. Lourdes Gurriel batting sixth. Richard Urania batting seventh. Alan Hansen eighth. And Billy McKinney ninth.
2: I- Alan Hansen is your first baseman for the day for the batting Monday. eighth. Why isn't Justin Smoke dealing with a with a neck injury. I guess lefty
0: too. It doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, I, well, he wasn't gonna play no matter who was who it's they were facing Awful. he's dealing with uh he's dealing with an injury. Justin Smoke's a switch hitter anyway, Greg. Uh, how about Rafi Devers batting sixth? Uh, the batting third experiment did not last long, huh, Greg? No, it did not. So, like, you're giving up on the guy a week into the season?
0: I always forget, what, he's 22, right? Crazy.
2: But they were experimenting with him batting third in spring training. They give him about a week batting third here, Greg. They're not facing a lefty. They're facing Matt Shoemaker, and Devers is down to
0: six. You do love the shoe.
2: Like, why are they giving up on, on Devers so quickly here? I don't know. Seems weird to me.
0: One more afternoon game, also at 210. It's Charlie Morton for the Rays, taking on Irvin Santana, making his White Sox debut, and Chicago. Laura, Larry Garcia leads off for Chicago, followed by Yohan Moncada. Uh, Jose Briou, DHing today with Yonder Alonso at first. Tim Anderson batting fifth. Beef Castillo batting sixth. Eloy Jimenez batting seventh. Daniel Palka, eighth. And Yomar Sanchez batting ninth. For Tampa Bay, it's Austin Meadows leading off, followed by Tommy Pham. G-Man Choi batting third. Brandon Lau batting fourth. Yeti Diaz, who had an injury scare yesterday. Back in the lineup playing third base, batting fifth. Kevin Kiermeyer, sixth. Osail Garcia batting seventh. Michael Perez, the catcher, eighth. And Willie Adamas batting ninth.
2: Yeah, not much to see here. Pretty standard Tampa Bay Rays lineup against a right-handed pitcher. Austin Meadows back leading off. Tommy Pham, two stolen bases yesterday. Now up to five stolen bases. Far-
0: nailed, five. It's crazy. You nailed this one, Looks Frank, like they're the just going to let weeks. him run.
2: They're just going to let him mm-hmm. run. So, uh, you know, the Rays play a little bit more small ball. So I expect them to continue allowing him to run. How about Kevin Kiermaier all the way up to sixth in the lineup as well? He had been batting eighth or ninth for most of the season to start the year, but um, he's swinging a... I don't want to say hot bat. Like, let's say lukewarm. He's swinging a lukewarm bat. Sure. So that gets him up to uh, sixth in the lineup for the Tampa Bay Rays. Eloy Jimenez, swinging the opposite of a lukewarm bat, Greg, uh, gets dropped down to seventh. Correct. Let's see what happens with Eloy. Taking a a little bit of time here to adjust to Major League pitching. I think that's fair for him.
0: One last note. The Reds lineup is out with Yaciel Puig in it. I expect him not to be in there as he is suspended, which I believe he will serve tonight. David Bell uh, also suspended for this one, so he will not uh, manage the team. So I expect Puig to be out, Jesse Winker to replace him. Winker was not in the initial lineup tonight against Jose Arrania. I expect he will be in there uh, afterwards. Derek Dietrich, though, is in the lineup.
2: D-Bag Dietrich. There's your (laughs) little of the day. I like that one. (laughs)
0: Luis Castillo tonight against the Marlins. Better be a good star, Frank. The revenge
2: game for Marlins prospect, Greg. That's right.
0: That's right. Do you know how he got to Cincinnati, what the trade was?
2: That was Dan Straley. My man. Dan Straley, who's now with the Oreos, who served That's up correct. a bunch of meatballs to the Yankees on Sunday. It's
0: kind of what he does.
2: Spaghetti and meatballs Ooh. in the Stanford household. Oh, I love tacos. Not this Sunday. We had tacos, Greg. Nice. Had tacos, very good. I, I, uh, I was a big fan.
0: Love a taco night.
2: Yeah, It was basically Cinco de Mayo a month early for me. I had tacos and drank a bunch of Coronas. That was my Sunday. That's fun. And I watched WrestleMania. That's great, man. And that disaster. Mm. Mm, most of the
0: disasters long. That's pretty much it. funny we you're talking to EY. It's, it's really long. Like, I know.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You hear that from a wrestler. That's uh, all oh, you need to know, right? Yes. Um, okay. You mentioned that.
0: You mentioned that um, Tommy Pham had two stolen bases. The other players that stole yesterday, Kevin Pillar, who was had a Grand Slam, I believe, for the Giants. A
2: Grand Slam and a stolen base. Uh, is from Daniel... San Francisco, Kevin Pillar. Daniel Robertson. That is Daniel Robertson.
0: Actually. Manny Margot. Has he
2: been terrible, Manny Margot? Yeah, right? No, I think he's actually been better than you th- think. It's fine, I don't have any shares of Me yours. either, but I like
0: Manny Margot, though. Uh, betting 286. Francis
2: Cordero, I think, was very under the radar, either went on the I.L. or he got did. sent down. He went on the I.L. on the I.L. Yeah,
0: so... Manny um, Margot going to play. 28 at-bats thus far for Margot. betting 286 with three runs scored, three ribbies, no power. Uh, yesterday was actually his first stolen base.
2: Not bad. I mean, okay start here for uh, for Manny Margot. I want to see him walk more, but he's batting towards the bottom of the lineup. Gets that stolen base. He has three ribbies. He has three runs scored. Speaking of the Padres, Fran Reyes hits his first home run of the season last night as well. Yeah, look, we know uh, we know this is kind of a messy situation regarding the uh, the Padres outfield, but it got a little bit more clear with the injury to Francie Cordero. So he goes on the IL, and they now have three spots for four players. Yeah, you know, most of the time Will Myers is going to be in there, so it's basically two spots for three guys. Uh, uh, Listen, it's better than, Fred than two Mo- spots. Reyes and Hunter Renfro are. Kind of similar players, I think overall Fran Moraes is better. At least it's better than two spots for four players. Hunter Renfro has three home runs already on the season, so same amount as uh, Will Myers. He's tied for the team lead with who, Greg? That would be Fernando oh, you do Tatis again? Jr.
0: Give it one more time.
2: Fernando, oh, that's great. Tatis Jr. with now three home runs in the season. Greg also leads the team in strikeouts, which I don't think should surprise anyone. But he's only batting two thirty-seven. In large part, due to those 13 strikeouts. Pretty much. This is what I expect from him. Home runs or strikeouts. This is what I expect. Not not necessarily just going to be home runs or strikeouts because he's not that legitimate of a power hitter. He's still, you know, he's got a wiry frame, but when he barrels the ball up, he does hit it well. But I think he's going to be in this range. He's going to be a 240 to 250 hitter. That's kind of what I was expecting coming into the season. And (laughs) at least he has four walks. So the 237 batting average also parlays into a 341 OBP. He's, he's been fine, you know. There was a lot of discussion on Fernando Tatis coming into the year that he's still really raw, and I think to this point he's he's handled himself well.
0: Fernando Tatis and the Padres defeated the Giants last night, six to five. Uh, Eric Lauer up a whole lot of runs. Eric Lauer is he's not the right. Giants yeah, too, not very good.
2: But I'm pretty sure it was just Kevin Pilar's grand slam. Like outside of that, he didn't allow much else. Is that true? Mm, well, he also led him, so the fourth
0: was not a good inning for him.
2: Yeah, so overall, look, he's only, he only allowed four hits, right? Three walks. Four hits and three walks in six innings. That's not a bad whip, Greg, but he gives up the grand slam to uh, Kevin Pilar, which he sure basically is good, right? sunk his night. He had, eight, he had eight strikeouts, which is much better for Eric Lauer. He's still just a stream, but clearly not a reliable one because he couldn't come through against the Giants, so.
0: The old boy. He's worth the old boy picked up his sixth save of the year. You were all Kirby. over. You were all over Kirby Yates coming into the season, joining that upper echelon of closers, or that I guess that second tier under like the bright lights, yes. at the top mm-hmm. tier. And through the first two weeks, six saves, one point five ERA. Uh, that'll work.
2: Yeah, I, I saw a few people talking about this over the weekend regarding uh, Kirby Yates. Well, how could they let him escape the Yankees, the Rays? It might have been Jason Collette, actually. And he's developed a splitter over the past couple of years, which he didn't have when he was with those teams. That's why he was let go. But now he has it, and it's actually a very good pitch, and you're seeing it kind of come to fruition here. So I like Kirby Yates a lot. Out of that third tier of relievers, he was the one that I thought could take the next step, join guys like Felipe Vasquez, and yep. Roberto Osuna, and mm-hmm. so far he's done just that. He's got six saves. I believe he's uh, number one in the National League, number two in baseball behind who?
0: Roar. There it is! Green. We got it. Shane O'Mac. Shane Green. Bummy pitched for San Francisco. What did you think of this start more in depth? He went six innings, four hits, five runs, walked one. He struck out three. All of his damage came uh, really via the home run with Fernando Tatis and Will Myers.
2: And um, That's so. going to be the issue for Bummy. Even pitching in, in Oracle Park, formerly AT&T, but in San Francisco, you thought that would be the saving grace for Mad Bum, right? At least he still pitches in a really good home environment. Uh, he can have okay starts there. Maybe when he goes on the road to Colorado or Chase Field or, somebody, or the Dodgers, maybe you bench him for some of those starts. But that's why he's not the top 30 starting pitcher that he once was where you keep him in your lineup regardless of who he's facing. He's now had what, one good start on opening day, and then the other two were meh. Like He allowed five runs against the Dodgers in his second start. They were unearned. There was an error, but he still allowed a grand slam to Cody Bellinger. And that's a lefty-on-lefty on, lefty on lefty matchup. Something that you expect him to perform well. He had nine strikeouts in his first start against the Padres, Greg. His next start against the Dodgers, only four. Yesterday, only three strikeouts in six innings pitched. So, I was off Madison Bumgarner. I don't have any shares, Greg. And, unfortunately, I kind of think this is the player who, he's, who he is now. He's not a strikeout per inning pitcher anymore. I will say that the command has been pretty good thus far. He's only allowed four walks in 19 innings pitch, but... He's going to give up home runs at time. He's already allowed four home runs. He's allowed at least one home run in each game so far this year. I think this is the season where we get the ERA over four by by the by season's end, and that's part of the reason why I had him ranked, you know, close to the 40s in my starting pitcher. Like he was outside my top 30, and he's not your reliable top three starter anymore. He's more of a SP four, SP five.
0: Absolutely, I've been on the same page with yeah, you. Definitely all not your
2: SP one. Sorry, uh, Jeff, Jeff's fan.
0: We're going to take a break here. When we come back, Chris Venture will join us, and we'll hit on everything that you might have missed from last night. For example, Greg Sussman, BFFs. Hour one is done. Hour number two is next.